This show is produced and hosted by Mark Weber. The show is sponsored by G3 Apparel. The views expressed in the following program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily the opinion of 710 WOR or iHeartMedia. Who is Mark Weber? He's a self-made business executive here to help you find your success. From the New York City projects to the Avenue Montaigne in Paris, his global success story in the luxury world of fashion is inspirational. He's gone from clerk to CEO twice. Mark is classic proof that the American dream is alive and well. Here's your host of Always in Fashion, Mark Weber. Everything is funny when it's happening to someone else. Me? I'm enjoying my time on the dark side. I prefer leaving nice behind. No political correctness, no social graces, no extending pleasantries, no extenuating circumstances. I'm calling it like I see it. And what did I see this week? A symbol of the dark side telling me I'm on the right track. That big, gray, ugly rat balloon in front of all things, a school. It's funny when that rat isn't aimed at you and what you're doing. (laughs) I remember the first time I encountered that rat. Not a clue what it was of what it represented. It was in the street in front of the corporate headquarters of Phillips Van Usen at the time, 200 Madison Avenue. The rat wasn't by himself in all his glory. Oh, no, it had a bunch of what turned out to be union workers demonstrating against our company, PVH, in the front of the building. I got a kick out of it. What the heck did we do to bring in protesters to our company? We're such good guys. Got to the elevator laughing, walked to my office smiling, hung up my jacket and walked the length of the hallway down to the CEO's office and laughing, I said, what the hell is this about? It was at that precise moment I realized the difference between being the president versus being the CEO. He was depressed besides himself and I was having a great time being ridiculed by the rat. Yeah, the CEO gets the big bucks, but the buck also stops with him. CEO is a lonely job in corporate America. It's really all on him. The president's job, particularly mine as chief operating officer, was an important strategic and task-responsible role. But I was screened from the toughness that it took on the CEO. I was having fun. He was miserable. It's not easy having the rat in front of your office building while they're chanting the name of the CEO. He's a rat. He's a rat. And it wasn't Mark Weber a rat. Now, here's something you probably don't know about corporate America. In a public company, if there are financial improprieties, there are only two people accountable, the chief financial officer and the CEO. They get perp-walked out of the building with handcuffs. I remember also, not too long after CBS had a story on human rights, compliant or the lack thereof, workers in sweatshops, an expose live from Asia, the CEO walking out of his building, shielding his face, ignoring the questions, thrown at him from reporters. Yeah, that's the life of the CEO, but not the president. This is where you can see my dark side, my smiley face, until I was CEO. Then the rat is not so funny. Everything is funny when it's happening to someone else. In reality, we were targeted, and I'll get to that. But this week, I saw the rat while walking through my neighborhood. Hold that thought as well. Rats. I had a meeting this week with the principal of a large billion-dollar company. During a conversation, he asked me, If I knew a particular guy, did I work with him? I hesitated. And after he said the guy's uh, a problem, and I knew him, and I remembered him. He was a friend, but he was also a rat. 
So of all things, this week is the reek of the rat. Now joining me on the darkest side of the personality scale, Jesse Weber, attorney, co-host, and son. Hey, Jesse. Hey, I'm not a dark side guy. I don't know why you've classified me as that. Although I will admit, you seem to thrive on the dark side. That seems to be your comfort zone. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I admit I'm on the dark side. I just told you you're joining me for a trip on the dark side. I didn't say you were a dark side guy. But you're making it seem like I like it too. You're the one who's funny when you're angry. You're the one who's, I don't want to say better, but I think you give sometimes a more entertaining show when you're angry and you're on the dark side. No? Look what happened last week. When you were, when you were back to yourself, oh my goodness, everybody loved it. Exactly. So I'm I'm not angry. I'm just not sweet. Well, it's funny when you talk about the dark side, because there's this fascination that we have today with true crime. Everybody loves it. All every network is trying to get in that space, whether it's true crime documentaries, true crime shows, true crime podcasts, true crime fiction shows with actors. It's just like everybody's trying to one up and they're all trying to get the same audience. By the way, in two months, I'm headed to a crime convention in Orlando, Florida called CrimeCon. That's how many people are interested on it, no? I mean, look at what is going on right now with this Koberger case in Idaho. Why did he do it? How did he do it? What's behind it? What's going to happen next? There was such a fascination with it, and, and I understand why at the time because nobody knew who did it. But even now, just people are, are obsessed with understanding what is behind these kinds of really brutal crimes? But anyway, that's a separate topic. I never wanted this for you, Michael. I thought when your time would come, Senator Corleone, Governor Corleone, not enough time, Jesse. <laughs> You're in the middle of it all. You know what that trial's going to be like when they start it? They may send me down there. It, may, it might be that big. Yeah, where's down there this time? Well, it would be in Idaho, so it's the other side of the country. Uh, maybe I'll come and meet you. There we go. We could do a discussion outside the courthouse like we did with Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. But crime aside, what's with the rat in the neighborhood? Do you know what the rat is, actually? Yeah. So the rat, the big inflatable rat, it's a symbol from unions that they are protesting the companies. Either they're hiring non-union labor or they're doing something that violates policy or they're in the middle of a protest. It's basically the union's answer to company management. Very good. And that's true. That's what it is for those of you who don't know what we're talking about or have seen it and don't know where it is. But I was walking and I couldn't imagine what was it doing in front of school, let alone a school. It's a government building. I walked over to these two guys that were camped out with the rat. I learned a few things. First of all, they didn't really believe they should be there. Number two, when I asked them to explain what's going on, they weren't very good at it. And I wondered whether or not that's because we were in a residential neighborhood uh, people just didn't feel it was worth the effort that they were going to get anywhere they were showing the futility of it all apparently the school had started construction and they used non-unionized labor and the union got really upset of it but nonetheless it was going on and the rat was there but this whole thing with the rat goes back to my pdh days my boss was a good guy he was always on the right side of the right thing always doing what he believed was right. And he got caught in the crosshairs to strategic policy, human rights. Never is it a simple conversation. And there are always long-lasting ramifications. And as I said, doing the right thing is never easy. I have a great example. When I was involved with uh, trying to build businesses in Africa, 
I was involved with Bono and his wife. Oh, by the way, they're the nicest people in the world, and they really do want to save the earth. And what they did for Africa was extraordinary, the way they tried to help the people, and they still do. But the whole subject of organic cotton came up. The issue in Africa, we were trying to build industry in Africa. The idea of giving them work, give a guy a fish, he eats for a day, but if you teach a guy to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. And we were trying to teach them how to cultivate products and, and cotton and, and build apparel factories in Africa so they would have long-term futures. And the subject of organic cotton came up. Everybody wanted whatever we did in Africa to be about organic cotton. And the issue is, if you are growing organic cotton, you put cotton in the ground, you water it, you use no pesticides. Because in the reality, the groundwater gets spoiled. And if the people around there are breathing these chemicals or they're using the water, they can get very sick from it. Now, the idea is to have wells nowhere near there. And after it's sprayed, not to be in the area. I guess I'm not a conservationist. I don't know enough about it. Maybe we should ask Senator Kennedy. But the reality is, if you grow organic cotton, you use no pesticides. And in Africa, that means mosquitoes. And mosquitoes carry malaria. And the malaria grows in Africa, and it's a problem. And therefore, this whole subject of organic cotton is caught up in unintended consequences, which brings me back to the rat or the PVH rat. We were a high-profile company. Everything we did got announced. You know, you were a billion-dollar-plus company. We owned brands like Calvin Klein and now Tommy Hilfiger. And, you know, we, we were really in the forefront of what was going on in NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement. The idea was to add jobs and save jobs in the manufacturing sector in this hemisphere rather than grow and build in China and the rest of the Asia. And it sounds right. I remember Trump hated the idea of making a NAFTA in Mexico, if I recall, blame Bill Clinton. He talked about it during his campaign, and he said we lost jobs to Mexico and Central America. He wasn't wrong, but the same jobs were being lost in Asia. But he was targeted. I remember the Wall Street Journal searched me out because they knew I was associated with Trump at the time in making his dress shirts. And they planned to come out with a big expose on Trump not being a man of his word because the Trump shirt line, which our company represented and manufactured, we were making in NAFTA. And there are two things to remember about NAFTA. It was an incentive of Bill Clinton's and the government. They wanted us to make it Central and South America because it would, in fact, save jobs there. But what they didn't call out was they had Trump looking like the bad guy. And they called me. And the interesting thing for me, because I had learned my lesson along the way when it comes to the press, is that when you get quoted, it gets changed. And I had the agreement with the Wall Street Journal. I had the experience to say, I will talk to you, but you have to guarantee me that you will take the excerpts from this conversation that you tape and print them verbatim. And I did. And I covered for Trump because he did nothing wrong. But that was a long time ago. The point of it is, even with eliminating tariff barriers, duties, taxes, as you would call them, between partners, between Mexico, between all of us, it wasn't enough to save imports from going to the rest of the world. Interesting enough, high-ticket items like automobiles seem to work in union and non-union factories. But 
I have to step into this and make sure I'm clear here. That rat was targeted at PVH in front of our building because we were making goods in Guatemala. Now, why target it? Because we were good guys. And because anything they did would stand up and screamed about PVH would get reported because we were one of these big companies and they wanted to make sure that we were caught. Now, I am a union guy. My family, we were union people. I came from a family, my father, my uncles were all union men. Their close friends worked for government posts. They were union kinds of people. I grew up hearing how the union was our friend. They just signed a new contract. We will get more money. We'll have another day off. Collective bargaining works for the common man. And the strength of the large groups of workers uniting gave us guys power. And the threat of striking was always in the air, and it always felt like my father's companies and his union. They would remember, and I remember. Now, I knew I was too young to talk about. I couldn't give them any advising. I even got to the point when my father was a young, relatively young man. The union was eliminating jobs. He worked for the New York Daily News at this point. And he was one of those guys who put all the type together to do the printing. And that became, uh, you know, taking all the little letters, putting them in a box, and making sure it would print right. They'd run a test copy. He would review it, make sure it was accurate for the spelling. He did all these things, and it was being manual. They were giving it to computers, machines to do the work, and they didn't need them anymore. But as a union guy, he was protected. He would have a job at the Daily News as long as he wanted it. They came in, they offered him a payment, he took the payment. It was like a a relief and a gift. Maybe he was tired of working there, maybe he had enough. But the union was always a good thing. But when you look at targeting us for making in Guatemala or moving goods to Asia, this is 50 years later and t-shirts are still $9.99. You can't be competitive. But back to the rat. We started a factory in Guatemala to support NAFTA. We hired workers who had no jobs. We took people that were sitting at home, had no income. We gave them jobs. We gave them fair wages. We gave them bathrooms. We gave them lunches. But Human Rights Watch, it wasn't enough because they believed we should supply schools. We should supply one day off. We should supply enough toilets and toilet paper and cash. And what happened was... It got to the point that it made us non-competitive. They turned that Guatemala factory into the same kind of factory we had in the United States with a human rights watch. They were right to worry about humans, but the wage level became impossible. We had to close the factory. The rat shows up. The human rights watch attacking my boss, who did only the right things at our annual shareholder meeting and embarrassed the heck out of us instead of talking about the future of the company. All the questions were aimed at time and a half for overtime, raising the standard of living. It wasn't enough that they had jobs. So that rat did its job. One day the rat shows up, we get targeted. I wasn't laughing anymore, particularly when we had to close the factory because it wasn't competitive any longer. So this week, that rat, My conversation with the business CEO about a a guy who was a rat got me thinking. Perfect subject for the dark side. And with that in mind, join me in a minute to continue a story about a rat. Back in a minute. Always in fashion. As one of the world's most celebrated fashion designers, Karl Lagerfeld was renowned for his aspirational and cutting-edge approach to style. His unique vision of Parisian chic comes to America through Karl Lagerfeld Paris. 
He has women's collections, men's collections, ready-to-wear accessories, shoes, and bags. The fashion house Karl Lagerfeld also offers a range of watches, eyewear, and premium fragrances. You can explore the Karl Lagerfeld collection at karllagerfeldparis.com. But it's more than that. I, for one, love to shop. I love going around and seeing what's happening and what catches my attention, what would make me feel good to wear. Now, I don't wear the women's wear, obviously, but I can appreciate it, and they look amazing. If you want to look right, you want to have clothes that fit you well, you want to look like you're wearing something that's very expensive, that's exclusive for you and yours, you can find it at very affordable prices at Macy's or CarlLagerfeld.com Paris. The women's ready-to-wear fashion is extraordinary, as well as the handbags and the shoes. I, for one, wear men's clothes, unlike my appreciation of women's clothes. I'm a modern guy. I want to look current. I want to look the way I want to feel. I go out at night, I'm in black, and Carl Lagerfeld is my buddy. Clothes are great. They fit great. And they have little tweaks and touches, whether it's a stripe on the sleeve or button at the neck or on the shoulder. There's a lot of details that go into Carl Lagerfeld. Because he's always been, he always had been, one of the world's great designers. And this legacy and goes on and on. I can't speak enough about it except to say to you, you want to feel good about yourself. You want to know that you're dressing properly. You want clothes that fit you well. Carl Lagerfeld Paris at Macy's or CarlLagerfeld.com. My favorite brand has always been Izod. My company at one time bought that brand. The CEO of the company handed it to me and said, you better make it work. And I put everything in my career to make Izod work. And I fell in love with that brand. And to this day, it is one of the most exciting endeavors I've ever gotten involved with. Izod is an incredibly strong golf brand. If you play golf, if you play tennis for that matter, they make great polo shirts. I mean great. They fit perfect. The material is unique because it's a PK fabric, that waffle weave you see. And it's made of a blend of cotton and microfiber that allows you to stretch and very often they are treated with solar protection as well so they stretch they're comfortable and they breathe well and one thing about Isa, they always fit they'll never tug on you you put it in your waist they'll fit you great the colors patterns are sensational now i will also tell you Isa makes great shorts and great golf pants if you're a golfer and you want to look good you don't want to have to think about how do i look you want to think about how you play, not how you feel. Izod is the brand for you. I know I was there when it was created. The strategy behind that brand is brilliant. It's one of my favorite brands. While I talk about it, I should tell you about the men's sportswear. Izod wasn't enough being a golf brand. It wasn't enough being just great polo shirts with logos, without logos. Incredible brand and story and history. Izod makes salt weather programs. They have great Printed woven shirts, short sleeves that look excellent with colors, excellent with shorts, excellent with cotton pants, of which they also make. This whole saltwater relaxed line from Izod, whether it be fleece, cotton sweaters, knit polos, woven shirts, and pants of a range of colors and fabrics that are perfect for a guy who wants to go casually in the spring and summer of this year. And here's the thing. Izod is affordable. Everyone listening to me talk about this brand can afford to buy it and know 
that there are a lot of other brands that also have a look like IZOD, although I don't believe it's fun as IZOD is. The brand has a lot of energy in it, but at the price points, no one can compete. You can find IZOD at your leading retailers and online at IZOD.com. Talk to you later, guys. I wish you a very happy spring and summer, and I help you by telling you if you wear IZOD, you're going to look great. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. I'm enjoying tonight's show, which is entitled A Rat. I'm on my dark side of life right now. I'm enjoying not being a nice guy. I'm enjoying pointing out the things in life that, uh, well, I always put a decent slant on it, and I thought uh, I would continue. And I want to take a little poetic license and uh, entertain you and myself, because I like this story I'm about to tell you. Let's call it the Rat Pack. I love the concept of the Rat Pack. The first time I ever saw it was the uh, Ocean's Eleven back in the 60s or 70s. I don't remember when the movie was made. It included Frank Sinatra, Joey Bishop, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lorfin, and a whole cast of characters, about 11 guys who served in the Army. And then they all got out, and they're living in Vegas, and they decided to rob all the hotel casinos. It's a great movie. It's one of those movies that over time you kind of like. Jesse, you got a favorite movie that talks about guys hanging out together? Ocean's Eleven, my favorite movie. That is a movie I can put on at any time and be happy and watch the whole thing. Anytime it's on television, I can watch it. I watch it literally on my phone all the time. It just makes me feel good. That's a, a cool movie about cool guys doing something fun in Las Vegas. What's better than that? Isn't that a great movie? Are you talking 11 only or 12 and 13 too? 12 is okay. It's grown on me. 13's good. I like it. But 11 is incredibly special. That's the one. I like them all. I also like the one with Sandra Bullock. I thought that was a pretty cool movie. And not my favorite. They're redoing it with Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. Oh, that's great. But are they going to call it Ocean's 11 or they're moving on? It's Ocean's Eleven, but it takes place in the 60s. I hate when people reboot. I really do. I hate it. I hate it. But that's not why I want to talk about this. Of all the things I've talked about in the last few months, I got the most response from someone that I'll call Escalante. I did a show uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning after Jesse's wedding. I talked about Escalante my alter ego at the time. The reality is, the dark side, I don't like humans. I think I've made that pretty clear. It's few and far between that I can find that I like. And generally speaking, I try to avoid humans whenever I can. I was in a restaurant the other night. Eight people walked in, four or five of them I know. I was having dinner by myself. I must have bothered them that I'm sitting there alone. Do I look decrepit eating dinner by myself, by the way? You only look decrepit in your mind. I think it's cool. James Bond always ate by himself when he traveled. And for a guy who says, I don't care what people think, you care a lot what people think. There's a difference between caring what they think and asking what I look like. Okay? There's a big difference. I'm asking you think it looks like I'm decrepit, that I'm sitting there by myself. I'm having a grand old time. I love every minute of it. But it doesn't mean that people aren't saying, look at this guy. He knows nobody. 
So that's the distinction, and I don't care what they think. I actually said to them, I really appreciate it. But those of you at the table who don't know me, I have a radio show, and on the radio show, I constantly talk about being a recluse and don't like humans. So thank you for inviting me. I'm sure you're all great, but I'll sit here by myself. (laughs) Could you imagine me saying that to people trying to be nice? You, I imagine 1,000% saying that. So anyway, back to Escalante in the middle of the night. I explained the story that got to a point in my life that wherever I was, wherever I was traveling on a plane, you know, someone sits down next to you, starts to talk to you. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to talk to anybody. Golf is the one place when you're traveling alone. You can't seem to play golf by yourself. You're any place that's decent. They want to fill up the times and they'll pair you with other people if they have two and you have one or they have three and you're just the same. And it was a period in time where they were pairing me. I didn't know that if I was willing to spend the money, I could block out a foursome on my own, which I would do now because I'd rather be alone. But they were pairing me with guys and some German guys started talking to me about uh, who I was and what I did. And I told him that uh, I was a bullfighter. <laughs> named Escalante. And he got into this whole big thing. And, you know, he started asking me questions and I got into it and everybody in the audience seems to like it. So I want to tell you another story. I'm working for PVH. We were a very charitable organization. And David Cassidy, the famous singer and star of the Partridge family, wife, at the time had a charity and she approached someone in our marketing group and asked us to contribute to her charity. I don't remember what it was. It might have been for children. We gladly did it and we had a very nice relationship with her and her husband. And uh, the reason I mentioned the Rack Pack, David Cassidy and his wife became the producers of a show in Las Vegas at the Riviera Hotel called the Rat Pack. And the Riviera Hotel was where the Rat Pack spent a lot of their time when they were alive and performing in Las Vegas. And we've all seen pictures of Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and Joey Bishop at the Rack Pack. Became the place to be. It was the hottest ticket in town in Vegas. There was nothing cooler and more popular than, I guess, in the 60s or 70s than the Rat Pack. And they brought this show back, and they had very talented entertainers who kind of resembled Frank but could sing like Frank, and who resembled Dean and could sing like Dean, resembled Sammy, could sing like Sammy, and a comedian who looked like Joey Bishop and was funny. Anyway, I asked through my people, can I get a ticket for my wife and I to go to the Rat Pack at the Riviera Hotel? And they said, of course. We get to the Riviera, I show my tickets, and what do I have? David Cassidy's private table, his wife's private table for my wife and I at the show. That's cool. That was very cool. Front row, right there, the perfect table. Before I even sat down, they had the champagne laid out. They had, you know, appetizers laid out. And I said, you know, I didn't know your guests are the Cassidy's. This is how we treat you. Thank you so much for being involved. They really appreciate everything you do for them and the charity. I said, it's my pleasure. So the show begins with music. It's great. I mean, now I'm I'm really connected. I'm feeling great. My wife and I were looking the part. The entertainer performing as if he was Joey Bishop, the comedian comes out to warm up the audience. And he starts looking around, and he starts doing his, uh, his thing, and he, he's funny, and uh, all of a sudden, he, you know, he starts talking to the audience. And he talks to this guy and that guy, and then he comes over to me. <laughs> and he said, hey there, what, what's your name? I said, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. 
I said, no, really? What's your name? Well, I, I, my name is Mark, but I really go by the name Escalante. <laughs> I figure I'm in the audience there. Nobody needs to know my business, who I am. I'm president of PVA. I don't want to go there. I don't want anybody to know my business. So he said to me, um, okay, Mark, um, what do you do for a living? You got a beautiful wife. You must be successful. I said, yeah, she is beautiful, and thank you for that. But um, again, if I tell you what I do, you're not going to believe me. He says, no, I believe you. Tell me what you do. So I said, well, I was a professional highlight player. Now, for those of you who don't know what highlight is, it's a game of Spanish orientation from South America, Mexico, where it's kind of like throwing um, a baseball made out of stone or some hard material, kind of like a, a bigger golf ball against the wall. It goes 100 miles an hour. You have to catch it and throw it back, and you run all over the court like a handball court, but it's enclosed. It's a very tough sport. You're diving, you're catching it. You're, you're really, it's dangerous at one level, but it's really, really athletic. And I said, I play at highlight. I was a professional highlight place. And no, you weren't. He says, I go to highlight. You know, you're, you're a regular guy from where, New York? I said, originally, but I've um, been living in Spain. And what's your name again? I said, Escalante. He said, you play highlight? I don't believe you. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, what did the uh, arena be called in Spanish? The fronton. Oh, really? And what did you call that basket you caught the ball with? The sister. And the ball? Pelota. <laughs> he says, you know what? I'm starting to believe you, you played professional hockey. So that's what you do? I said, no. I said, I used to do it. What do you do? I said, you still want to continue this? He said, yeah, I'm interested now. You got our interest. Audience, you want to hear more? And the audience starts applauding, you know? So I said, well, okay, you asked. And I told you you're not going to believe me. He said, go ahead, what do you do? I said, I'm a professional bullfighter by the name of Escalante. He says, no way, you're a bullfighter. What kind of crap is this? This is what you're telling me? (laughs) So mommy is on one hand laughing and trying to crawl under the table. She's squeezing my arm. She's kicking me under the table. You know, what are you doing? You know, I said, people are laughing. It's, it's okay. So he says again, I don't believe in a million years you were a professional bullfighter. So I said, okay, conversation, move on. He said, no, no, let me ask you a question. What is the stadium where they fought the bull in Spain? I said, well, I've done it in Spain, I've done it in Mexico, but the best place is the Plaza de Toros. And he looks at me, he said, hmm, and the costume, what's that called? I said, Tretectory de Luces. It's embroidered in silver or gold, it's tight-fitting, it's made to fit me skin tight. How did you know all this? I'm prepared, Jesse, I'm prepared. You know me, aren't I thorough? When I took on this identity, I got serious. (laughs) So he says to me, all right, where did the bulls come from? What do they call? I said, well, the best bulls, known as Toro, of course, a bull, are Liberian fighting bulls. They're the best. No one comes close. (laughs) He looks at me. You know, a technical question. What do you call those guys who stick the bull in the neck before you go in for the slaughter? Oh, they have two names, the Picadora Bendaleros. And now he's saying, I can't believe this. He says, you're a matador? I said, yeah. He said, do you speak Spanish? I said, no. He said, now I got you. How could you be a matador without speaking Spanish? And I said to him, I don't have to. The bulls don't either. (laughs) So he's laughing. Everybody's laughing. At this point, he said, I have a question for you. And he said, sure. I said, when are you going to be funny? (laughs) 
when he started to laugh, the audience went crazy. And uh, I did my debut in Las Vegas as Escalante, and it was a great night. That's amazing. Imagine if he was like, okay, we have a bull on stage. Now let's see how good you are. Well, he went on. It was a great show. I was glad I was there. And uh, I haven't talked about Escalante in a while. And I hope all of you out there enjoyed that story. And uh, it brought it up because of the Rat Pack. And tonight the show is about, well, it's called a rat. I kind of on the dark side, but I'm happy and having fun. So we'll take a break. And we'll be back. We'll continue with this rat stuff. Always in fashion. It's been a lifetime of my career building the Van Eusen brand. And I am so pleased that they're back with us now talking about suits. Men, we're dressing up again. And it's become cool to wear a suit. Suits can be worn on multiple occasions in multiple ways. You could wear a suit formally to go out at night or to an event. You could wear a suit to the office with or without a tie. If you look closely now, fashion trends... Suits are being worn with turtlenecks or mock necks. The choices are endless, and every one of them looks right. You can really, really look the part. I believe that packaging yourself is as important as the products you package, and wearing a suit is one of those things that make men look their best. Van Usen invented a new idea. It's called the Cool Flex Suit. It's been engineered with stretch technology, giving you the most comfortable fit and mobility. It's wrinkle-resistant fabric. It's cool moisture wicking. It makes it perfect for all occasions, as we discussed just now. This new style of looking sharp while feeling cool and comfortable is amazing. And I'm so excited that the Van Using Company is involved in this new technology and is embracing the whole idea of dressing up. Let's not forget, Van Usen made its name with dress shirts. It's only proper that the suit business follows strongly in its wake. You can find Van Usen Cool Flex Men's Stretch Suits at JCPenney or online at jcpenney.com. Guys, they're great. You should go look at them. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. Funny way you get ideas. I often talk about the fact that this is original content and I have no idea when I finish the show what next week's show is going to be about. Lo and behold, I'm walking down the street the other day on my four-mile walk and I pass a school and there's a rat in front of it, that big rubber balloon rat that represents the unions unhappy with a particular institution. I found it really interesting that it was uh, in front of a school turned out that uh, the school was doing construction with non-unionized workers. The unions were protesting and trying to call them out as rats, which I find to be very effective. I've had my experience with the rats. I thought it was very funny, but it's interesting how everything's funny when it's not happening to you. And it was turned around and I was responsible. That rat made me nervous. I felt like a creep and I didn't like it, particularly because I grew up in a family that was helped by the union. Having said that, It got me thinking, and this show became the show called A Rat. What I really want to do is rat out the men. I can't believe what you guys look like. I can't believe how terrible you look and dress. Yeah, I'm ratting you out. Hey, by the way, Jesse, this week, you were on the morning show on WOR. You were filling in for um, Len Berman. You were with Michael Riedel. Yep, I was guest hosting with him. Yeah, and somebody I know filled in one day. He was a guest, right? You called him up? I called you up. You were on for a a seven-minute segment. We had you talk about all different things. It was great having you on, but I love the way that you started it. (laughs) 
How? You started it by bashing his outfit. <laughs> you led me into it. Well, I said, you know, I walk in, he's wearing a t-shirt and shorts and he was driving his bike. He was sweaty when he came in. He was full with bugs. And you basically go, can we throw him in jail for wearing shorts? Yeah, he's defacing New York City. Well, you know, he listened. He, people don't see him. And he's like, I just worked out. I just was biking here. And you gave him such a hard time. You know, what do you want from me? You guys were talking about it that morning. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think he was expecting to be made fun of by you. <laughs> was he offended? No, no. He took it all in stride. And by the way, it was great being on that show. Natalie, who's the producer of the show, she puts it all together. Michael was amazing to be with. And uh, also, I got to see our good pal Terry. Terry's our producer here on um, Always in Fashion. He puts our show together every week. Terry Tran. Yay, Terry. Terry was awesome. I hadn't seen Terry since before the pandemic in person. Yeah, so it was nice to see everybody, and it was a, a great week. How did I do filling in for Len Berman? You were great. I enjoyed the whole thing. It's very fast-paced. The only thing I didn't enjoy was me six-minute, seven-minute segment. I mean, it takes six minutes for me to set up any story, and I had to tell five. I talked about Trump. I talked about men's clothes. I talked about meeting Bernard Arnault. It's got to be fast paced, you know, people's attention. Seven minutes is actually a rather long segment, believe it or not. Not for me doing an hour show. And, you know, you got someone who knows how to talk. He's not inexperienced. But nonetheless, the point is, I decided now I want to rat out the men. I can't believe what I'm looking at. It all stems from packaging yourself is as important as the products you're packaged. This whole weekend, I played golf. I went to the club. I had dinners. We had a July 4th dinner. We were with hundreds of people. Now, I can tell you, everyone there is all sizes, shapes, ages, colors. But the women in general try and look their best. That doesn't mean they're all beauties. They're not beauties. This is life. Not everyone could be six foot two and beautiful. Same thing for the men. But you could tell the women think it through. And they care. The men are horrendous. I spent a whole career. Look, I'm a corporate executive. That's what I am. I was a CEO of two huge companies, one in the United States and one that's owned by a company in France, the largest luxury company in the world. And I had to run companies. I had to manage people. I had to open stores. I had to, thousands and thousands of people relying on me, develop strategies and make things work. But at the same time, when you're in the luxury fashion retail business, you have to have a feeling for product, and I always have, and I always will. And here we are this weekend. I go out on the golf course, and there are only four people on the entire golf course wearing long pants. Your brother Jared, you, me, and the Mr. Coffee guy. Great guy. You can see he cares about the way he looks. When we talk to him, you can see he puts thought into his outfits. There are other people who look great, but we were the only four, if I recall. Everybody else is wearing shorts, and they look disgusting, okay? First of all, I don't want to look at men's legs. I don't want to look at them. And the answer you get, of course, it's so hot out. And I have a question to ask. Do you think that makes sense, wearing shorts, exposing your legs right directly to the sun is cooler than wearing pants? Do you ever look at the people in the Mideast where they're in the desert outside in the hottest sun in the world and they're completely covered in robes and turbans? Why? They figured out how to stay cool. This idea you wear shorts to be cool is nonsense. Nonsense. Well, wait a second. No one ever said they're comfortable in 
those outfits, the burkas and those outfits. No one ever said they, they're nice, cool, and comfortable. I don't believe the men's outfits are called burkas, but for the purpose of, of course, they're wearing it in the desert because it keeps them out of the heat of the sun. Now, I am sure this was a court of law, Jesse. You would call an expert witness or a scientist, explain to me how shorts are cooler. But there's no way in the world you're going to convince me of that because I wear pants and I know the difference. I know what my arms feel like in the sun versus my body. It's totally different. But I'll go one step further. While we're on the science of ratting out men, you like being indoors when it's really hot out, Jess? Uh, I mean, it's amazing. Air conditioning? Isn't it like one of your favorite inventions of all time? One of my favorite inventions of all time. In fact, the reality is when you go indoors when it's hot out in the air conditioner, it's freezing. I must tell you, I've probably had more luck with women by bringing a jacket on a date with me or a sweater on a date with me because whenever they got cold, I was able to hand them the sweater or the jacket. They loved me. I'm such a sweet guy. And it paid off a million times over in a million different ways. It's freezing inside. How many times when you were dating Haley did I give you a hard time, her a hard time, for coming out without a jacket or a top? You, always. And whenever she would forget and I'd have to give her my jacket, you gave her like such a little mean look. Yeah, because now you have to freeze and come because of her. Now, I would tell you, with Mommy, I learned right on. She never wore a jacket, never brought a sweater. She was freezing the minute we went anywhere. Winter, summer, whatever it was. I always had to give her my stuff. So I got smart. I wore a sweater and I brought a jacket. But the point is, men... You buffoons, your legs, the skinny legs, the fat legs, the tan legs, the white legs. I can only imagine what you look like when you get undressed with that tan line at your knees and at your waist. I, I, I want to throw up the whole idea of it. And you want to say it's hot out? You're freezing inside. What the heck are the shorts for? They don't make sense outside. And at night, we're going to functions at night. There's a certain degree of refinement that's required when you go to a nice restaurant or you're in a country club amongst your peers. This is not refined. It's ridiculous. And the funny thing about it is I watch and look closely at the guys doing this, and they're trying. They wear a nice button-down shirt. They might wear a nice sweater. But then they wear these shorts, and it looks ridiculous. It looks terrible. You don't look good in it. I'll give it credit. Maybe guys 35 and under who really fit or tan or accessorize it. I used to like when they wore their um, hiking boots with the gray socks with the red trim on them. And you look like the muscles at the knee, whether it's hiking shorts or uh, cargo shorts. Those guys can actually pull it off. But the bulk of what I've seen, 99.9% is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. And they're trying to look good. I've seen them. I go out to restaurants. I've been beautiful restaurants over the weekend. They walk in with their shorts, and I want to throw up. But the worst of all is the sandals, the feet. What signal? Can you tell me, Jesse, what signal someone's sending when they show up in shorts with sandals? I would be hard-pressed to find anyone that thinks that that actually looks good. I think they're all doing it because they want to feel comfortable. It's disgusting. You know, in certain religions, when someone passes away, you're forbidden to give your shoes to the family that you've worn. And the logic has been back in ancient times. Everyone's feet were infected. They were walking without the comforts that we have today. So the methodology was you can't give your shoes to, to your survivors. You're walking around without socks. You're stepping on crap. Your feet are dirty. Socks protect your feet. They keep you warm. They do everything. This makes no sense. 
and you look disgusting. You all look like amateurs next to your wife. And with all due respect, I don't want to pick on old people. But the older you get, the worse you look without socks. It is ridiculous. And I have to look at this? It's time to rat you mutants out. You're all rats. You know what people say to me? So Michael Riedel, when we went off the air, he goes, well, what do you wear to the beach? I told him I wear sneakers. He's like, sneakers? I said to him, you think James Bond wears sandals? He goes, no, James Bond wears espadrilles. I was like, maybe that works. Espadrilles work. Well, James Bond in the first uh, couple, like Goldfinger, wore sandals. It was, uh, yeah, but he also wore a terry cloth jumpsuit. You know, he, he wasn't refined enough yet. You wouldn't find a, look, you tell me Pierce Brosnan is wearing shorts and sandals. No, and neither is Daniel Craig. I'm not so sure about that, but okay. Guys who are million-dollar smiles and looked apart and could get away with it, maybe. But that's not who you are. I go to the beach. I wear white pants. I wear white sneakers. I wear white socks. But, you know, going home, I'm full of sand. I might not wear the white socks. But my feet are tan. They look good without socks. But I would never go to the beach in shorts. I won't even go to the beach in just a bathing suit because I don't feel you're completing the outfit. I have beautiful white cargo pants that I would wear to the beach. I'd wear a T-shirt. I may wear a sweatshirt because I know it gets cold and it gets windy. But you don't walk around this way. I don't want to see you. And the ones that have the belts pulled in with their bellies tucked over their shorts, the ones that their bellies arrive five minutes to the location before the rest of them do, it is so disgusting. I like the ones who leave their shirt hanging out. Like we don't see your belly because of that. Am I being too unfair? <laughs> no, I think this is a wake-up call for a lot of people. But I also feel like people already know this. They just didn't want to hear it. Uh, those guys are you a single who want to have some sexy time? <laughs> you guys out there trying to meet new women? You guys out there who are married? Jack Jones, one of my favorite songs of all time. I never forgot it. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup. Soon he will walk through the door. Don't think because there's a ring on your finger. You needn't try any more. For wives should always be lovers too. Run to the door when he comes home to you. I'm warning you. Hey, girls, you know that. Guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's not a place I go where the wives don't look better than the men. There's not a place I go where the women don't look better than the guys. Now. I'm not telling you all how to get dressed all the time. I'm not telling you when to wear Hawaiian shirts or black shirts or whatever. But really, let's take disgusting off the table. Now, if I'm a rat, so be it. This rat is trying to help you. We'll take a break. Back in a minute. Always in fashion. I've been shopping for fun lately. And while I'm out, I always look at men's and I look at women's what's going on. And I was particularly interested in DKNY because of their sponsorship of the show. I went downstairs at Macy's, 34th Street, to look around, and I saw DKNY activewear. And I promise you, ladies, it is sensational, from the sports bras to the crop tops to the uh, leggings and the sweats. It really is a great look. And DKNY had begun as an all-American brand, dressing, casual clothes, and jeans. And the stuff looks incredible. And right now, the colors and the styles is so exciting that I feel great about the company. I always do. I wear the menswear all the time. 
I've had situations where I've gone to big events and been interviewed and TV or the radio and someone comes up to me in the microphone and like they always do, who are you wearing? And here I am, this big shot with big company and they say, well, I'm wearing a DKNY and they laugh and say, no, you're not. I actually have one on the internet where you could see me. They ask me what suit I'm wearing and I say DKNY and open it up and there's the DKNY label. Great fashion. It fits well. It looks right. It's designed to make you comfortable in the city. It goes from day into night. You can wear it in the morning, you wear it in the afternoon, and you look cool at night as well. It's great for the office. It's great for leisure. But I was talking about the DKNY activewear. The first time I really became aware of it, Jesse and I were up at Sirius Radio. He was doing a, a job for Sirius. He does a Dan Abrams show. He fills in on the POTUS network. And we were in the lobby, and this hip-hop group came up with this really great-looking Latino singer, girl, young, beautiful, and she was wearing a DKNY sports bra, and I said to myself, this is amazing. I actually went to Macy's to see it, and I'm excited about the brand. And I tell you what, ladies, DKNY always has great fashion for work, always wonderful dresses and things that you'd wear. Their accessories are great. The shoes are always very cool. But activewear in particular right now looks sensational. And being that everyone's athleisure and activewear, it's a great time. DKNY, go take a look. As one of the world's most celebrated fashion designers, Karl Lagerfeld was renowned for his aspirational and cutting-edge approach to style. His unique vision of Parisian chic comes to America through Karl Lagerfeld Paris. He has women's collections, men's collections, ready-to-wear accessories, shoes, and bags. The fashion house Karl Lagerfeld also offers a range of watches, eyewear, and premium fragrances. You can explore the Karl Lagerfeld collection at karllagerfeldparis.com. But it's more than that. I, for one, love to shop. I love going around and seeing what's happening and what catches my attention, what would make me feel good to wear. Now, I don't wear the women's wear, obviously, but I can appreciate it, and they look amazing. If you want to look right, you want to have clothes that fit you well, you want to look like you're wearing something that's very expensive, that's exclusive for you and yours, you can find it at very affordable prices at Macy's or CarlLagerfeld.com Paris. The women's ready-to-wear fashion is extraordinary, as well as the handbags and the shoes. I, for one, wear men's clothes, unlike my appreciation of women's clothes. I'm a modern guy. I want to look current. I want to look the way I want to feel. I go out at night, I'm in black, and Carl Lagerfeld is my buddy. Clothes are great. They fit great. And they have little tweaks and touches, whether it's a stripe on the sleeve or button at the neck or on the shoulder. There's a lot of details that go into Carl Lagerfeld because he's always been. He always had been one of the world's great designers. And this legacy and goes on and on. I can't speak enough about it except to say to you, you want to feel good about yourself. You want to know that you're dressing properly. You want clothes that fit you well. Carl Lagerfeld Paris at Macy's or CarlLagerfeld.com. Welcome back to Always in Fashion. Here's your host, Mark Weber. Tonight, the show's a rat. I intended to come into you and be on the dark side and be really nasty guy because it seems that I'm happier being nasty not being nice and sweet. It seems that I enjoy myself when I'm on the dark side. But in the end, the whole subject of a rat turned out to be a fun night for me. I didn't expect that. It started with a rat, you know, that big gray rubber rat balloon that's representative of the unions protesting in places. That's one. Second had to do with being a rat because of uh, being good guys in the world of uh, manufacturing. And then, of course, I, I talked about the Rat Pack and my alter ego, Escalante. 
I think that was really funny. And last but not least, seriously, I'm routing out the men, the way you're dressed. You look like crap. You look like buffoons. You look like amateurs next to the women you're with. It's unbelievable. And I know you think you look good. I know you're trying by the shirts you choose and some of the things you accessorize, the nice watches, you comb your hair, but you look terrible. And those of you who are wearing shorts and sandals, I have no idea what you're going for. Jesus was cool. You're not. It doesn't look good. Okay? Now, having said it, I had a great time tonight talking a rat and dealing with the rats. With that, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Talk to you next week.